Warning. Elements of real-world religion are used in this podcast to serve the purposes of a work of fiction. They are to drive the drama forward and are not intended to be taken as a statement of opinion by the players. Thank you for listening. Enough of this silly piano. Jeez. Uh, yeah, that's, no, that is the end of the silly change. The piano attacks roll initiative. That is the death of the silly piano. Yeah, gotta say, a piano mimic is very appealing to me. Actually, it's kind of... I'd play it. I can already, I can already picture it. Pianos already have teeth. Alright. Yes, in media, in media's res. <laughs> um, I'm mostly just bringing in the same combat music we had at the end of the combat last time because I am uh, flashing back about 30 seconds uh, to the moment where Jedediah just got multi-attack mauled by an anathema as he was rushing to the minigun to protect his friends. He jet expires. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that one. <laughs> Go on. I don't even get it. I just, it went over my you head. don't have to get it, dude. All right, if you say so. <laughs> uh, I have a cutscene prepared, so bear with me here. We get through our uh, scary combat music and get to the incredibly sad stuff here in just a sec. It's it louder, and it gets to this track. The blood pounding in Jedediah's ears drowned out the warning of Levi Williams, but his panicked face said it all in a language that he could understand. With no time to think and only time to react, for perhaps the first time in his years, the first life he sought to protect was not his own. Firing until the barrels wilted from the heat, he gave his whole being to buy time for Temperance and Gideon to find safety. As no good deed goes unpunished, the abomination was upon him in a moment, and in the haze of pain and fatigue, his body slumped beside the train car in Temperance's arms, the sound of the gunfire and shouts of combat fade away. His vision is a blur of brilliant sunlight cast against his own hand, wetted in crimson with the blood pouring from his opened belly. He'd always thought dying would hurt more, but the numbing sensation throughout his body dulled him from the pain as he tried to focus on her face. Her body was a dark silhouette against the sunlit sky, and try as he might, the image eluded him, tantalizingly close, but just outside of his weakened grasp. He couldn't see her features, or even remember her name anymore. But somehow in her embrace, he felt safe. As the fire left his eyes, and his head rolled back in Temperance's arms, in his final seconds, he let go of everything around him to dig deeper into his recollection. And yet, the memory of his mother eludes him to his last. His outstretched hand quivers with the last of his strength before slowly descending. His body goes limp, and the weight tears him from Temperance's arms as he tumbles to the railway bed beside his bloodstained revolver. Too good, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna let the music play out as we took a moment on that scene. Well done. Okay. And that is where you find yourselves. Where are we now? Still riding away? Uh, well, you can see, at this point, the fighting has stopped. <coughs> Temperance is standing over Jedediah's body. Gideon is gone. Train is gone, too, right? Train's yeah. gone. Chunks is laying on the ground. Dead? No, he's still, still alive. Okay. But he's definitely laying on the ground. He looks hurt and not getting up. <clears throat> okay. Anybody unconscious and wounded? Um, I mean, aside from the obvious, uh, Chunks is not unconscious, but he looks really bad. And actually, all of you look horrible. We do. Well, 
unable to uh, able to appreciate, but also not able to really feel the sadness that's happening here. Levi uh, just simply walks over wordlessly and tries to recover recover the body and get people standing up again. And Temperance will put herself between Levi and the body. I don't want you to touch him. All right then. I don't want things like you touching him ever again. He just nods and uh, moves on to Chunks. Chunks looks wiped. He's got color draining from his face. He looks more gray than green at this point. Um, He's got a quivering hand, like just a a responsive muscle that's making his hand twitch. Um, His bandolier is actually pretty much blood dry at this point. The the bandolier is actually empty of shotgun cartridges. Um, The weapon is like five or six feet away from him. It looks like when he fell, he sort of cast it aside and landed on his back. Okay. Well, then it is on him that I will use my last spell slot of Cure Wounds. Okay. Bam! 11 hit points back. That's pretty huge. That'll stop the bleeding for sure. Um, he still looks like he's going he's gonna to lay on the ground for a while. This is his version of a short rest. He's just going to lay belly in the air, <laughs> hands up over his head, and just and try and relax for a little while. Um, his posse that he came with basically took the salary car and booked it. They didn't wait around for him. He wasn't the one providing payment. Okay. Uh, so you are all left alone now with the body of Jedediah by the side of the, the railway bed. Where are the kids? Um, some of them are hanging around with you. You've got uh, seven of them. Gideon got the other ten. Okay. <clears throat> well, then after I finish ministering to uh, to Chunks, I will I will tr- I'll try to see the kids back to the next... What was that town we were just in? Provo. Provo, yep. And uh, my steed is pretty big. Yep. Can probably manage to k- fit seven kids on there. Uh, Maybe. Seven's a stretch. Seven's Maybe four. A... Okay. <clears throat> then I'll... Ex- I'll explain to the children that, uh, that to to go to to go to Temperance. Yeah, they they sort of are expressionless right now. These kids do not act like kids. They don't seem to have. Or, well, is, is this within they're not walking, vocalizing is this within walking distance. Uh, it's a long walk. <clears throat> it's absolutely right. within walking distance, but it's a long walk. That's fine. Um, I could probably could probably use the walk. Uh, I'll just keep my steed by my side, and uh, I'll I'll take all the kids. Okay. I'll just leave them to, the, to this, since uh, Levi realized he has, he has his place here is finished. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Levi takes the kids. It leaves you, Chunks, and Jed. Temperance uh, takes a handkerchief out of her pocket or sleeve or whatever and starts cleaning Jed's face and hands of blood. Uh, and she'll look over at Chunks and say, "Start digging." All right. All right. Give me a minute. Well, could you hurry it up? I could, but I don't exactly want to open this back up. Well, <clears throat> we all don't want a lot of things, Chunks. All right, all right. Did my spell slot mean nothing? <laughs> <laughs> it meant that he's alive enough to sass. <laughs> okay, then, then I feel good about that. <laughs> yeah, he's... All right, all right, help me, though. Temperance will gently, you know, lay Jed back down as much as she can and go over and hold her hand out to Chunks. Uh, Chunks takes her hand and sort of leans in to get back up. He's limping a lot on one leg. It looks like he got gashed on the thigh as well. So he's not putting his full weight down, which is a lot of weight. Uh, and he looks around and he's like, you got a shovel? No. That's when our quest for the shovel began. <laughs> That's the real campaign. <laughs> he walks over to Jed's body. Did he have a shovel? Uh, is a shovel part of an adventuring kit? I uh, it in the Wild West, I'd say probably like a collapsible shovel or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Probably, yes. Yeah. So he starts working around. His parting room. gift. <laughs> collapsible shovel. Yeah. In the Old West, you carry your, your grave shovel with you. And you never know. He, when uh, you need it. he walks yeah. past you. Jed would. Yeah. All, right, all right. He walks past you and uh, sort of without even really the the relevance of this hold he's dead and your morning thing doesn't occur to him he just goes right in starts rifling through Jed's shit uh, and finds this collapsible shovel well I was lucky good for something after all more than you would be Chunks 
you say that, but I'm still alive. <laughs> he goes and starts digging a hole. Temperance will pull out her gun and cock it at his head. Jesus. <laughs> you could dig the grave yourself, I guess. You'd have to dig two. Nah. Well, you say so. And he gets about maybe this much through the topsoil, and he goes, Why are we doing this next to the train tracks? The authorities are going to be here, like, minutes from now. Can we at least bring him over there somewhere? If you want to carry him. I don't, but I have a horse. <laughs> Never he, felt so respected in my whole life. He whistles for the horse, the horse tromps over. As you recall, Chunks' horse is gigantic. Yes, your corpse is the bell of the ball. <laughs> and he sort of tosses you over the back of the horse. Um, so hops on board, gives it a slap on the ass, and it starts trotting away. And he says, come on, keep up, keep up. I am keeping up. He uh, tromps away couple of hundred yards away from the train tracks just to get behind a little hill mm-hmm. so you're not right in plain sight mm-hmm. uh, and then starts digging again and it takes a long time mm-hmm. uh, digging a six foot hole by yourself is not easy so he's only digging a few feet in mm-hmm. um, getting the topsoil ripped up and everything like that he's trying to keep the topsoil in one piece so they can put it back on and not make it obvious where they've been mm-hmm. and uh, yeah he starts digging and temperance will boot uh, Jed's corpse for Mementos. <laughs> For all wow. three bucks he was carrying this whole time. Yeah, really? It's basically the classic IOUs to you. Looting the body, he would have wanted it this way. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, your gun, your knife, your coat, and your hat. <laughs> They're all yours. <laughs> Who am I to argue? Oh, yeah, and the gun is special. I forgot, was the gun <clears throat> only special for you or for whoever? It is, uh, it's completed its mission, so it's now a plus one revolver to anyone. Um, probably requires attunement, but now that I'm dead, you can attune yourself to it. Yeah. Oh, precious gun. <laughs> it's so, oh, so cold against the skin. You, know, you, just, you just have to tune it up. Right now, it's it's an F-sharp. Um, plink, plink, plink. <laughs> I mean, story-wise, it can just be her taking, a, like, like holding it close as a uh, memento of Jed. Yeah. And that's the attunement process. Yep. Story juice. Put on the coat, but uh, not actually the hat. And the hat she puts on her on her pack, uh, and she will wait until Chunks has Jed in the ground. Yep. And she goes over the the hole and you know puts the two coins on his two coins on his eyes, and uh, she looks over at Chunks and says. Can you go over there for a minute? Yeah. And uh, she will take her signet ring that she has for House Allendale, and she puts it between Jed's hands when she crosses him, crosses his arms over his chest, and uh, you know leans down and and says something in Elvish. And that's it. So when you call for Chunks to come back after you've had your moment to finish burying the dead, mm-hmm. uh, he comes over and starts shoveling dirt back into the hole, which is a much faster process. And uh, after it's all done, he tries to smooth it all out, he tries to put the grass back in one piece, and it's it's too much, like it's tearing apart. So he's just trying to put it back together in a way that doesn't look like somebody broke a jigsaw puzzle. Uh, and as it wraps up, he sort of takes the shovel apart and puts it into his own pack, he steps back from the grave, and uh, he starts, like, scratching the back of his neck and adjusting his hat like he looks like he wants to say something, but he doesn't really know how to do this. Take your damn hat off, Chunks. Yeah, he does so. Well, out with it. Um, yeah, I, uh... Well, I always hoped when you lay with the worms, it'd be my finger on the trigger. Guess I didn't ever think I'd see a day. I was sorry to see a dirt-licking hog humper like you in a hole in the ground. I wish I could see the look on the devil's face after just ten minutes of dealing with your ornery horse shit. (laughs) But when you see him, you give him this. And he leans down and he places a shotgun cartridge on Jed's grave. Tell him I'm coming for him and soon I reckon and save me a spot in the bar. Oh boy. Shonks is good at this. And then Chunks turns. Where's the boy? Boy went off to uh, to Salt Lake. 
Oh, but they ain't getting far. <laughs> they can't get far in the sky. They ain't getting petting zoo. He turns and he goes, Oh, shit! He's got my bounty! <laughs> he has a bounty on me? No. no we, was... don't, we don't have bounties. We're not important. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to rescue one of the kids. I thought he had oh, gotten nice. one of the kids. Uh, during the combat, and then oh. he came back to go fight the snakes. So, oh. so, and I have seven of them with me. Yeah, <coughs> but kids. he doesn't care about those ones. I didn't. I didn't get the bounty. Well, they were replaceable. Okay. No. <laughs> he had been at the front of the train with Gideon during most of the combat. He came back towards the end of the fight, so he knows where the kid he's after is, and it's on the locomotive with Gideon. He, he goes back and, you know, collects his things, and he says, Well, I think it's best if we get out of here before uh, Marshalls or Pinkertons or whatever. And Temperance has just been standing, sort of staring at the, the broken up parts of Jed's grave. Yeah, I did the best I could. She doesn't respond. All right, well, good luck. Where are you going? Well, I gotta go finish my bounty. Alright. Guess I'm going with you. Alright. Uh, and then you head off. So his bounty is the opposite direction from where Levi went. Uh, it is actually towards Salt Lake City, uh, which is a much longer trip. Um, it also is someone that he's not going to make as a straight shot mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to follow the trains where they just committed a robbery. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a long way out of the way. Um... I have a not funeral tune that I'm going to switch to in a minute. Um, <clears throat> so the question then is, uh, as a DM, I have a question outside of this: is how am I going to get the party back together? Yeah, my plan. I mean, in character, Levi slash Thomas's fair, uh, uh, plan is to get there to Provo and. Make sure, try to return the kids to whatever parents or guardians he can, and then uh, once that's done, see, uh, figure out what to do next. Okay. Um, there is no like obvious bounty board where most of these kids belong, mm. uh, but if you bring them to like the local sheriff's office, you know they they will try to figure out where these kids go. Yeah, and I'll make myself and he'll make himself available uh, to ensure that that. Uh, some justice is done for them that they're found that they're delivered into safety. Yeah. Um, that's for, so for as long as that process takes. That's relatively quick, um, and you weren't that far out of the city of Provo in the first place. You rode out from the crossroads and you were riding south. Mm -hmm. And the crossroads is actually due north of Provo. Are they? Um, are they like semi comatose the whole way? Yeah, they're basically zombified. Okay. Would I know anything about how to clear that up? Uh, yeah, give me... I've certainly dealt with people under this condition before. Um, yeah, I think that would be a... Arcana, maybe? Uh, Arcana would be appropriate, nature might be appropriate, uh, or medicine, and you'll have advantage on the roll. Neat. Uh, yeah, I don't have Arcana, just, I have religion. Uh, I'll let you take that too. Alright. Appreciate that, so 23... Or 23. Yeah, okay, I guess the dice have spoken. <laughs> um, you recognize this as a version of what the UNT do to their slaves to yeah. brainwash them before the transformation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Starting early. Uh, and, how, and how would a... Is there, and I'm sure there's an antidote to it. Uh, someone casting Remove Curse on them is uh, a method that would correct for there. Alright, so it's not... So it's more of a curse and not a poison. Correct. That makes things a little difficult. All right. Well, I will try to. I will think of a clever lie to tell to the authorities that they uh, they've been through some trauma, and that like I'm, I'm not going to say they're under a snake person curse. <laughs> <laughs> Those instincts are still there. It'll more just be like they've been they've been through quite a bit. They may be quiet for a while. It may take them some time to recover. Uh, as as a holy man, I've dealt with people who've come from all sorts of all sorts of traumatic and horrific backgrounds. They'll come around in time, and I will try to at least get a a means to come back and check on them, or like maybe some some uh, dispensation to like keep an eye on them. Yeah. Uh, out of character, mechanically, I'm thinking like it's like 
It's like, when I gain a few levels, I'd like to come back and cast some spells. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, obviously, the the sight of seeing someone come in parading a bunch of zombie children is something that <laughs> Alistair Chance had probably noticed. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and we are in Provo right now? Mm-hmm. That, that, oh, no. Oh, no, that name. <laughs> it's all coming back! <laughs> um, but you have much more wherewithal this time. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, uh... Probably on the front porch of a small office uh, space um, is the shape of a tiefling man. Um, he's, uh, you, you know how when the devil portrayed himself as just a, a, a random white guy at the casino? Yeah, a, um, a, an urbane, well-dressed white guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for all the physical characteristics that the devil did not portray that evening, Alistair Chance portrays them. He's got the red skin, the pointed black beard. Uh, black slick back hair. He's wearing a fine white suit and uh, like knee high polished black boots. And uh, he's he's going to uh, take a moment to just sort of watch the spectacle as you uh, bring your your posse of children, your children's crusade through the center of town. Do I see this this ruddy infernal gentleman? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so so this this. Uh, the the dash the dashing man you see coming into the ta- town mm. dashing into, we're about to have a charisma uh, off yes a we big are. dick off oh yeah <laughs> face uh, fight <laughs> he as he does with almost everybody he looks at you and just and just smiles mm. uh, but and when he looks away from you I, I uh, he kind of chuckles you see him chuckle to himself as Levi is currently thinking well now he's just being obvious <laughs> thinking that you're the devil um. <laughs> Are you going to make me roll to figure out what he figured out with his religion check? Um, or am I going to recognize this sort of thing right off the bat? This is something where you would have to roll and you would not have advantage. He's okay. got his advantage because of the fact it's a T related condition. Gotcha. Alright, let's see what I know then. Uh, 21. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> they definitely that was religion, be... by the way, right? That was yeah. the right roll? Okay. They, uh, they definitely appear to be under some sort of brainwashing. Uh, the nature of which you're not sure of. You don't have the personal experience for that to really be a full explanation. Mm. They just need to be brain rinsed. Yeah. That's all. Brain repeated. Yeah, and then brain, then brain spin and then <laughs> brain fluff dry. And they're just like new. Oh, I like to undo, line dry my brains. Wouldn't you undo brainwashing by brain dirtying? Uh, Here's some just, really hardcore German porn. <laughs> these are the tough, these are the hard-hitting philosophical questions we have on the show. Yep. <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wait until you've, uh, sort of delivered the children unto whatever authority figure you've deemed appropriate. Yeah, probably sheriff's office, considering that was a whole thing back now. Na- the whole thing back now. Back now. <laughs> Cutting edge technology, yeah. the sheriff. Um, and then I'll, I'll sort of beckon you over and say that's, uh. While they're getting processed. Yeah. It's a mighty big parcel of children you just brought into town. Might I inquire as to why well, that is? He will say with a with a smirk, "Well, sir, some people are into cattle rustling. Others are into orphan. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. I think introductions are in order. I'm Thomas Fairchild. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Alistair Chance, Esquire. Is that what you're going by now? <laughs> I believe you, well, you. You just remind me of somebody I met not too long ago. <laughs> I must have one of those types of faces. Absolutely do, sir. So he continues to smile. <laughs> no, these these children have been through a fair bit of trauma. I just with my erstwhile companions, we led a, a daring rescue slash heist. Sometimes they they are one and the same, and well, got away with most of them from the the villains. Now I'm just trying to do right by them and return them to some sort of guardians or even their rightful parentage. Thank you. Um, parentage, rather. Wow. And uh, if I am maybe so bold, mm. what is your interest in this particular case, sir? It's not the case that interests me. <laughs> oh. It's not the case that interests Attacking me. Attacking you again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Little brothers, what can you do? Um, so much as uh, the players inside it, it, it appears that... Um, well, you see, I have friends at the crossroads who told me that uh, that a certain uh, man of stature there has inquired greatly about maybe taking you on his in his employ and that you might be considering such an offer. But uh, I was not expecting... One of you all to roll up with a bunch of children in tow. That is uh, quite a wrinkle. Well, the others uh, were scattered to the winds, as it were. Still alive, but off about their own business. You see only about half of these poor souls made it here. The others are on the train to Salt Lake City. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, what is the nature of their affliction? Well, when one goes through significant abuse at the hands of men with no hearts, it can have an effect on the mind. They can go a bit quiet, keeping themselves, keeping within their own worlds, etc., whatever whatever may suit you. It's something that they're going to need to talk out, and one might even say, ask the Lord's help as well. But some, some may break out of it, some may not. Let's just say that these that some bad men had some rather vile intentions for them. And at least now they have a chance at living a normal life. And in your view of the matter at hand, you are the good men in this equation? Uh, and I, it probably bears mentioning, since you're, you're a new dude just meeting Levi, mm. excuse me, Thomas for the first time, mm. um, he isn't wearing the blindfold. His eyes are black. Um, so he'll look at you with these eyes. And almost a, and ostensibly a show of self, of lack of self awareness. Like, well, of course. You know what good men need in these times of trouble. Good men need representation. I was going to say lots of cash. <laughs> One follows the other. I'll let you put them in the proper order. And a representation. It sounds like we are venturing into attorney territory. And I sort of just gesture up to my grand sign, which is a rickety old wooden thing. (laughs) Resplendent. (laughs) You see, I I received word that your group of companions might have been leading the crossroads, and, well, it's fortuitous that you have ended up on my doorstep as I was on my way to seek you out. Uh, So perhaps we can work out some kind of arrangement? Well, let's think about more immediate matters at hand. Do you think you would be able to help find adequate protection for these for these children I do have probably one that does not involve the crossroads my dad I'm trying, try... to, I'm trying to deliver them out of the hands of devilish people I try to avoid doing no business offense. with the crossroads as much as I can uh, but yeah I do have some experience in such matters I could probably I'm used to working with adults but I'm I'm sure I can probably find some sort of a group housing situation for them. Well, I do greatly appreciate this, Mr. Chance. Attorney Chance, I should say. Please call but, me Alistair. All right, as you wish, Alistair. That was your first mistake, fool. Did <laughs> <laughs> the palm of my hand. Uh, as you can see, I am rather beleaguered from a very rough day. I am sorely in need of rest. I will consider your offer, and, to, and should I meet with my companions again, bring it up with them, refer you to the business, and as to show we will talk again. But for now, I must rest my weary legs. And uh, where, where are your companions? Where do you plan on meeting with them again? That is a great question. I'm going to find the nearest establishment with the most comfortable bed and assume that God will work everything out. <laughs> uh, might I recommend the local saloon, which is called <laughs> Shit. the Fluffy Bunny? <laughs> Fluffy Dried Brain. <laughs> um, um, next door to which you will find our local telegraph office, which you may make use of to contact your friends. Well, aren't we fancy? <laughs> if I know where to where, how where to contact them. Perhaps I can send a telegram to Salt Lake City, assuming they went there. Again, though, very tired. Al- Alistair, it's been a pleasure. Shake your, I'll shake your hand vigorously. 
and ah, ooh. Ooh. yeah, b- bullet wounds. Like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I and I will of course at this point bid my friends to uh, to to run free and. Uh, when, I, when, when I have need of, when I have need of Hagar again, I will call upon her. Cool. All right. Run free, Sammy. All right. I'll, I'll introduce you to my horse too, since my horse is intelligent. Well, this is Hagar, of course. She is my she's my great companion in these trying times. Heck of a transport. Would I need religion to know that a paladin's horse is a paladin's horse? Or You've probably never encountered a paladin before. Well, is it true? This is a, it's. I mean, it's a celestial horse, so I imagine it would be. It probably looked different in some subtle way. It's the prettiest horse. Probably, yeah. It's, it's got a curry mouth. a very pretty horse. I mean, yeah. honestly, cool. he's... The, being able to detect Celestials is strictly a paladin mechanic, and he's probably never encountered a paladin before. Yeah. I'd wager he has no fucking clue. It's just a horse. Yeah, likely. Yeah. It's a, a mighty fine steed you have there. I just look like a, like a wandering preacher who just rescued a bunch of kids. And so, uh, after bidding a, fa- a fond farewell to this, uh, this strange, uh, devilish man... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, Levi will go find a place to rest because holy shit, two hit points, y'all. Alright. Uh, Serrano's. There you go. Alright. The fluffy bunny is under new management. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure where you want to in- like, insert I yourself. I will uh, let you insert I'm yourself little, wherever uh, seems appropriate. I'm, I'm, I'm very confused about <laughs> uh, actually what we're doing. I forgot that the heist was in Provo. Well, I, I have something for you that might steer you back in that direction. Okay. <laughs> Um, Train you turn. <laughs> and if, if she does, then we're I have, we don't I have an idea. If, I have an idea if she returns. I don't know what. Uh, she will be returning. I'm positive okay. of that. Uh, okay. I would be surprised if you don't. It's the smell coming off of Chunks' ass. Well, it might be a uh, part of it. So some ideas, DM wise, not actually trying to steer you in any specific way, but some options if you want to just bite and go. Uh, is you and Chunks are currently not the best of friends after that whole exchange. You might just get pissed and leave him behind, go the other direction. That's one option. Uh, or alternatively, uh, if you stay with him long enough to reach a solid city, which since you didn't interrupt, I'm assuming that's probably what you're doing. Um, probably going to get pissed at some point. Yeah. Also, Gideon is there and she just lost Jed, so. Yeah. Um, as you near Salt Lake City, and again, he's coming around from not where the train tracks lead to mm-hmm. it, so that he's, he's not super obviously coming from the scene of a crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and along the way, he stops at a river and convinces you to like, wash your clothes and, mm-hmm. and make it less obvious that you just got in a gunfight. Um, getting nearer to town, you find that Salt Lake City is currently in a state of lockdown. Uh, at all the major entrances and Fucking exits to the city... strikes again. <laughs> all the major entrances and exits to the city are guarded by two men with red brocade vests, tall hats, and shotguns. Uh, you see that there are uh, a number of like roving bands of three to five deputies that are sort of walking around from checkpoint to checkpoint, checking in. But it appears that a word of some major crime has made its way to the city, and they have decided that it is best to take a very heavy-handed approach and basically make it impossible for who they are looking for to make it in or out of the city. Um, You get a chance to see, because you're sneaky like that, uh, the wanted posters for whom they are screening. uh, And they are currently looking for three figures. One of them looks like Jedediah Blackburn. Mm-hmm. One of them looks like Levi Williams. Mm-hmm. One of them looks like Temperance Allendale. Alright, yeah. so I I'm will... a girl like me. <laughs> I, uh... Unfortunately, you look a lot like Temperance Allendale. Damn it. <laughs> um, I will grab Chunks by the arm and sort of haul him back. You know, Grab Chunks by the Chunks. Oh no, right by the cubes. <laughs> Grab him by the arm, which is really like just the top of the arm, like this. <laughs> oh no. Uh, and I'll tell him, there's $300 for it, for you in it, if you can bring the boy back to me safely. I can give you the first 150 up front. Seems reasonable. Chunks and Gideon are gonna have a road movie. <laughs> Oh, and you do see that... Oh, on the road to Profo. <laughs> you do see on the wanted posters, it says, uh, wanted for murder against a U.S. Marshal. Oh, motherfucker. Cool. Alright. I'd like to turn myself in. So, uh, <laughs> I hand the $150 over to Chunks, and, um, fucking... Boogie. Book it yeah, in he tucks it in the back of his pants. Uh, 
Oh, your money's all chunky. <laughs> <laughs> Hungry? Grab a thickers. Oh. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. Oh my god. You gotta leave the room on that oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you okay, huh? Huh? You think you're cold? Oh no, it's just. It's soft. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Cool. I say, it's actually it's hotter than our thermostat right now because of all the bodies in the room. It's 71 degrees in here for some stupid reason. You're have hot. I gotten a You're chance in this walk to Salt Lake to have taken a long rest? Or no, not at all. Rest? No. No not at all. You've yeah. been walking the whole time. Okay. <laughs> well, walking sort of forbids a yeah, rest of any time. There's no resting going on there. Plus, it was uh, kind of a hustle. He's in a hurry to get back to his bounty because he has no idea where the hell that kid's going. Yeah. This was his only lead. And his crew screwed him out of the payroll. Yeah. Um, so, I, I assume that that means you are turning around yeah. going back the other direction. Turn around. Yeah. Um, there is a, a small waypoint Ooh. train station. Uh, outside one of the little frontier towns, it's on the major tracks that go from Salt Lake to Provo. Mm-hmm. So it's not a significant impairment to you. You can actually ride to that point, get a train back to Provo, mm-hmm. and be back by nightfall. Um, it's exhausting. You've been moving all day. So if you weren't going to get a long rest when you got to Provo, you would gain a level of exhaustion, but you're just going to get rid of it anyway, so nobody mm-hmm. cares. Um, and you'll arrive back in town shortly after dusk. Boogie for the nearest hotel. Which happens to be Serrano's. Oh. Look at that. Well. So so, so the idea I had was um, you would be returning Mm -hmm. and you would be passing by perhaps out in the distance you would see Jed's and maybe you look over to see like where Jed was buried and you would see an old Indian with like perhaps incense and stuff or, or, or something. Yeah, temporal. Perhaps a little fire or something. Against your better judgment, stop at Jen's grave and just not be able to sort of move past it. And you will see a perhaps a familiar face of an, of an old Indian man um, sitting and chanting with, with symbols and like he drew a circle around the grave and he's drawn some symbols in the dirt and he's got little little bundles of sticks mm. and certain strategic points around there and he's just sort of sitting at the, the head of the thing and making a, making a chant. Mm. And uh, he will, uh, you know, with his eyes closed and I won't do the chant because it'll be horribly racist. So, <laughs> just imagine. And uh, at one point he opens one eye and he just looks at you and acknowledges your presence. Mr. Elku runs. Kind of hoped I'd seen the last of you. A bit like a bad penny. I don't know why, but I was something told me to come here. I found the gunslinger. Or the grave of the gunslinger. And I thought I would pay respects. It's actually a ceremony spell. Uh, funeral rites, so he can't become undead in seven days. You know, Neat. In seven days. So nice. It's actually for a purpose, but he doesn't quite Nice. Stand by. I always have to check just in case it's somebody at the table messaging me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you uh, sure did find his grave. Son of a bitch. And it's not clear whether she's insulting you or (laughs) Jed. I don't know if he's savvy. Well, he probably wouldn't even acknowledge even if you were insulting him. How are you insulted in English? Yeah. Probably not strong. Well, probably, but he's just, he's insulted all the time by the right man. And, just, <laughs> and, and, and she's sort of saying it, like, yeah, under, sure. her, under her breath, like, sort of as an aside type of thing. He was a, he was a good man. He, uh, yeah. he uh, ended up doing the right thing. I'm glad that there's at least two of us that think that. I think the rest of the world would be pretty hard-pressed to believe you. I think there are four of us who believe that. One north and one south. I believe the boy is fine for now. We need to find the other. I'd much rather find the boy, but I suppose if he's doing alright, it's your fine, Levi.
the preacher man is um, he is not who he is he is he is not what he is he is who he is you must acknowledge that this is not his doing I know he didn't do this I don't I don't really care I don't want to see him I know what he looks like I can't look at him again you see what he is you need to learn to see who he is ain't nothing there Mr. Elk who runs that is up to you to decide there is something bigger afoot, though. There is something going on in this land. And I feel that only the three of you who remain can do something about it. I will help you as much as I can, but you will need the help of the preacher. Well, I suppose he's good for something. You just about down here. We should get going. I have, I have been done. I have been waiting. And it's time for me to get off of this ground because it's my knees hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Temperance, if you had a nickel. <laughs> I love that feeling. <laughs> I can sell you some slightly used knee pads. Oh, dear. They're a little crunchy on one side. Oh, no, the chunks out. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why the idea of crunching knee pads got me grossed out. That's fine. I don't just know why it, it would. <laughs> it comes off in chunks. Yeah. Well, from chunks, I guess. <laughs> no, in chunks. Around chunks. Why are you putting your knee pads in chunks? Have you met them? <laughs> um, an elk has an old, really old, beat-up horse. That's probably almost as old as he is. If that's possible for a horse. <laughs> old beat up Chevy pickup. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't ride it, he just sort of leads it. It's got a bunch of stuff hanging off it. Yeah. And crap. You don't have a horse, are you? I do not have a horse. I am still walking. <laughs> At least you're resting. Uh, nope. Temperance has got Jed's coat on, and she will actually, for the time being, just put her hands in the, in the coat pockets. So it is proper nightfall when you arrive uh, at the town of Provo, the city of Provo, I should say. It's actually a bustling city. Uh, however, it is after the close of business for most of these businesses, except for the ones that serve libations. I know how that works. Yeah. <laughs> um, you arrive in town, and uh, there is maybe a few dozen people who are out and about, but it looks like word of whatever spread to Salt Lake City about your appearance has not yet spread to the city of Provo. Mm -hmm. Um, you were able to secure yourself a place to rest, uh, which turns out to be Serrano's, next door to the telegraph office. Your horse is very excited about this, I can hear it on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't tether your horse, right? Don't need to. Yeah. It's... Go in a room, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he sleeps in the bed with him. That's, that's <laughs> the room that he's got. He actually tethers himself. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, I'm going to say your horse is actually standing at the hitching post. It's just not hitched. It's just standing obediently where it's supposed to be. Okay. Um, it's following the rules. It's smart enough to know what horses are supposed to do. Uh, so when you roll up, you actually see his horse just hanging out in front of the hitching post. And obviously you can recognize it. You know what it looks like. Hitting on all the other horses. I know what horses look like. No, um, it's a paladin's horse. It's reading the Bible. It's, oh sitting, God. it's sitting on its haunches just flipping through the Bible with a hoof. <laughs> no, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know about this New Testament stuff. And, uh, <laughs> Temperance will look at the horse and sort of heave aside <coughs> going to the hotel. Uh, there is a small crowd downstairs drinking at the hotel bar. Uh, you don't see Levi along the crowd. That's a relief. And I pay for a room and I'm go the fuck out. <laughs> um, I will have left a business card. Uh, no message other than just my 
my card or whatever passes as a card in the old west. I don't know if they it's have a card. It's a, card. a knife with your name on it. Yeah. <laughs> totally, I will leave totally not evil lawyer. <laughs> and I will leave it at the bar with instructions that uh if 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 somebody by the name of Temperance Allendale checks in to leave it with her, I don't know if you're checking in on your real name or not. Uh I am, but it's not Temperance Allendale. Oh, fair enough. So my card goes on the road. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Both are true. Nice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you go to check in, uh, they charge you a couple of dollars for the night. Um, they charge Levi a couple of dollars too. I'm going to say it's two bucks a night. I thought you were going to say they charge him a couple extra dollars because he's gross and weird. <laughs> and his wow. creepy horse is standing in front of the door and nobody can get in. And he's bloody as hell. <laughs> passing out leaflets every time someone's coming in. <laughs> uh, you secure yourself a room. He's got, the horse has got a sign out front that says the end is nay. <laughs> And we're done. Thank you. Thank you for playing. Cram that duck immediately. Right <laughs> <laughs> my, my chunks duster. Yeah, perfectly. That's weird. <laughs> it's duck shaped. No. Cram it in either your rune holster or your chunks wallet. <laughs> cram it your cream hole the floor. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was going to play a whole new character, but I think I've hit my high point this campaign. I'm going home, guys. Yep, Enjoy. Well, well done, well done. <laughs> I thought you were just going to play his horse. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll be playing his horse yeah. now. <laughs> he has pretty good stats. Uh, <laughs> all right, better so we get a long rest. You both get a long rest, separate rooms. Wonderful. Uh, you get a long, 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 long rest. Keeping it kosher. The longest of rests. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is, it's dug into my hero points. I'm going to have uh, scars from those wounds for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Elk who runs even needs Elk a hotel. Elk has right to camp now. outside because yeah. it's white man town and ugh, yeah, filthy. Like you're allowed into town to like trade. I wouldn't and even stuff like to. that. But I like, they just, don't. Yeah, you're not allowed to stay in town. Uh, and businesses around here would charge you more anyway. I'll just camp above the road so I can see if they leave or anything yeah. like that. Or... Uh, you are all able to get a rest in your various ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sun comes up. I'm imagining, considering the fact that you two are beat to shit, Elk who runs and Alistair Chance probably wake up long before the two of you do do. Probably. Do do? Do do, yeah. What's the bullet tax again? Uh, it's per level. Oh, okay. So you're good. So you're just like, ah, another fine morning. And you're all just like, Mm. <laughs> well, fuck, it's morning. To be fair, I live the life of a lawyer and you live the life of an adventurer. They're, they're, you're going to wake up feeling different. That's very true. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker, you're now both. I know! <laughs> I can't wait! You get documents, we get owlbears. <laughs> it's basically the same thing. Mm. Um, I got a paper cut before less terrible than the other. I mean, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess he just goes about business as usual, which would probably be like, is there a courthouse in Provo? Uh, there is, yeah. I guess checking at the courthouse, maybe stopping by the sheriff's office, see if anybody needs bail made, that sort of thing, and then... Uh, doing a bunch to, of coke. Doing a bunch of coke, um, and then trying to secure some kind of housing arrangement for these kids. Yeah. Uh, with your contacts from being established in Provo for a long time, mm-hmm. at least long enough time as a businessman, a business owner. Congratulations, they're all coal miners now. <laughs> they work in textile mills. Actually, they're all blackjack dealers. They're shipping them up to the cross <laughs> <laughs> he said one of them he's lunch uh, <laughs> uh, no there is actually there is a city orphanage uh, one that actually tries to be altruistic about finding places for kids mm-hmm. um, it is ironically run by the Uranites um, but it's there are Uranites who seem to be in on the conspiracy and there are Uranites who seem to just be part of it are, are these are these people I've dealt with before and can yeah. trust through my you network believe that contacts? they are reputable enough I mean they're okay. weird but they're not like evil okay um, basically no business in town is not run by the Uranites except for you right so but it's uh, it's a place you believe that at least short term uh, you can rely on them still being there and alive and not being brainwashed by snakes probably Good. at least for the moment yeah um, some time passes, Elku runs is probably awake at this point, watching the road. Uh, and the two of you wake up shortly before noon, still nursing your injuries. You have all of your hit points back, uh, but you are in rough shape. Mechanically, there's no impact, but bear in mind, you probably feel like garbage. Oh, yeah. Can, can do. <laughs> uh, right. I, I'll, well, first order of business is check on the, check on the children. Yeah. Actually, we'll have one mechanical impact on it. Uh, in the event that you uh, really aggressively, egregiously push yourself in an athletic sense, mm-hmm. uh, I'll have you make a constitution saving throw to avoid additional damage. 
Slip desk. And if you get a uh, level of exhaustion, mm-hmm. it will be doubled. Ooh. Cool. Which, you being a barbarian, you're pretty much good to go. You get advantage oh, on I keep forgetting he took, a, he took barbs. Nice. Barbara the Barbarian. Ah. Yeah. Barbarella. <laughs> My wife. Call it bar. <laughs> um, of note, <laughs> if it comes up, the Temperance Allendale uh, business card was probably also left with a Jedediah Blackburn business card. Alice for Chance not knowing that things have gone tits up in the most spectacular of ways. Yes. Uh, so morning comes and the two of you awake. <laughs> I can see my eyes. <laughs> my hair. I've got so the sunlight in my hair. It burns. <laughs> you should close your shades or else the sun will jizz in your face. Oh my. I think we've all been there, right? Two yeah. scoops. Maybe I thought this was going to be the for that ass. <laughs> we all thought this was going to be the really sad episode. <laughs> Turns out nobody liked Jed that much. <laughs> My plans this the plans this morning slash early afternoon are to see what the see what the law office did with uh, with, the, with the children and then uh, meet with Alistair when he gets when he gets a free chance. Cool. So mm. I can further so I can speak with him without blood squirting all over the place. Sounds good. Mm. Uh, I will leave it to you guys to work out how the group gets united in this immediate circuit. Tempest will probably be sitting out on a front porch somewhere in the duster coat and she's got the she's got a hat sort of. <laughs> Brim to block the sun and all that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean if, I, if our eye if our eyes catch uh, just a just a very small smile and a nod as I pass and continue, continue along with what I do. Like uh, I see you but I'm keeping my distance. Mm-hmm. Um, you're coming to find me, right? Eventually. First, yeah. I, I've, since I left the, ki- the children in the hands of, uh, of the Lao, <laughs> uh, I want I want to make, <clears throat> make sure that I get a report on what they did. I mean, since um... I, I probably, I, I was like kind of the de facto guardian of them, so... Well, well, Levi's whole thing with morality is that he doesn't feel any obligation toward them mm-hmm. or kindness it's more just he recognizes that it's supposed to that he's supposed to so he's going to oh he's a nice sociopath and that's kind of what he's working on yeah. he's like, it's like, um, I, it's like I don't have the emotions you guys do but I recognize that it's what should be done mm-hmm. so it's like an emotionless effort towards being good I am doing this because <laughs> the rules say that this is what you are supposed to do basically that uh, in order to affirm my faith, this is what must be done. Um, more or less, like, I, I do need your input on what the, what the sheriff's office says about the kids. Uh, that they have been taken to a local orphanage and that they've been uh, admitted. Um, they're going to try to find only two people through the orphanage. But that's the best they can do. They've been grown up for sausage. In, in the meantime, they're making wallets. Nike <laughs> <laughs> <Making> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Toms. <laughs> They're making yeah. lip balm and natural toothpaste in some basement somewhere. Oh God. <laughs> uh, and well, but I'll make a note of where they are, and I will at least visit them to see them for myself, mm-hmm. and probably see that they are still under the spell. They're definitely under the spell. Uh, they're trying their best to provide them with activities that like normal kids that are eight or nine years old would want to do, yeah. and they just like. They have like, art supplies out, and the kids are just sitting there staring at the walls. Mm-hmm. That's probably where you'll bump into Alistair. Mom's awesome. got a hoop and a stick, and it just keeps falling over. <laughs> All right. And yeah, if, if we're meeting outside the outside or within the orphanage, that's mm. fine. And uh, well, as luck would have it, I was just about to come to your office, and I was seeing to your parcel of children, as was our agreement. Well, don't you consider it? You know, a place like this is not the best situation for kids, especially ones that are under some sort of witchcraft or spell. I'm not sure which it is. Well, call it a curse. A curse it is, then. That being the case, I've told them I'd be checking in, in on them from time to time, and, well, it's usually enough to keep them honest. I wonder if I get a bit more cash, I could perhaps settle down a bit. 
look over them till I can figure out a way to cure them of it. I hear you, Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> Sell your body, he's saying. <laughs> you know, these extras want to be in every scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sell your ass on this street. <laughs> Do it for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know where mo- most of my characters come from. But, uh, that's apparently my, my sleazy, gross pimp voice. <laughs> you want to be a star? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mr. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Play a patty cake with Marvin Acker in the back room. I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but perhaps you could could grant legal guardianship of sorts. I'm still assessing how things are going to be with my remaining companions. I suppose it's... Whom I would still very much like to meet. Well, who exactly... What do you know of my friends, then, Alistair? Just humor me. Assume that uh, I don't already believe that you know absolutely everything about us. You flatter me, sir. Uh, I know that one Mr. Levi Williams, you, sir. Uh, a Jedediah Blackburn. Uh, his eyes will kind of go wide at that. <laughs> a Jedediah Blackburn. What a lovely name. <laughs> love to meet a man by the name of that someday. Oh, don't get me wrong, sir. I have no intention of uh, robbing you of your chosen identity. Or your kitty cat. <laughs> I will take the kitty cat. <laughs> we know full well that. Jesus Christ. That was very graceful. Thanks. <laughs> Me or the cat? We, we, all, we all know that a, uh, a pseudonym is sometimes necessary to travel in these dark days. Uh, but I also know that a Jedediah Blackburn, a Temperance Allendale, and a young man named Gideon. Uh, we're at the crossroads now, no more than three nights ago. Um, and I, I've, I've heard something of their exploits prior to their arrival there. Well, assuming I do, I am indeed friends with these characters you mentioned. What is your interest in them? And what can you say? What is, is there something you can say to me that I might pass on to them if I did know them? Certainly, sir. I would say to you that any. Any act you take upon that might even resemble what the owner of the crossroads put forth as his proposition to you must be heavily considered. Because even if you do not act on his wishes, if you perform the duty that he wants you to perform, you might find yourself on the wrong end of a bad contract. Now, I have a little bit of knowledge as to how these contracts are worded and what loopholes you might be able to navigate through. It's funny you mentioned contracts. I do not recall ever signing such a thing. Unfortunately, an earthly signature is not always required when you deal with the crossroads. <laughs> he is a tricky one. You're saying that uh, merely acknowledging that this that this mission existed was enough of a consent? I would say that he would make such a claim. Well, these are certainly very troubling words that a more flappable man might take seriously. <laughs> I urge you to take it very seriously. And I also urge you not to be dissuaded from your current path. You certainly seem like a man of many urges. <clears throat> As I... Some of them but... more specific than others. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, look at us. Just a couple of impure souls having a conversation <laughs> about how to get out of a contract with the devil. All right. What's your proposal? That you represent us? That you make sure that the contract is followed to the letter? I mean, you are here to make sure that we do coerce us into doing this, aren't you? I have similar interests. There is something from a certain museum I wish to see liberated as well. Oh yes, the oppression of the museums. Well, well it is less of a something and more of a someone. And uh, who's... Do you think I am a thieving sort? How do you propose to get these things liberated, as you say? Well, that was the proposition put to you at the crossroads, was it not? 
<laughs> One that we considered but never agreed to. But if you are of a mind to consider agreeing to it, or perhaps visit this museum under your own auspices, I would encourage you to hear the specifics of my offer, which I will be willing to tell your entire group of friends when we all sit down together. Dinner, perhaps, tonight. Yeah. 